2: Welcome to the Uncommon Drive podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Drive. Jeff Cross is sitting across the table from mm. me right now. How you doing, Jeff? I'm
2: good. I'm good. You know, I, I apologize, but the last time we recorded, I forgot to mention to you. Well, I think we had talked about it to everyone, you know. I'm officially a boat owner, <laughs> <laughs> and you have so,
1: to apologize that you're a boat owner, yeah,
2: well, I don't know what I got <laughs> myself into, and i it's it's such you know it's, it's way more work than I thought it was going to be, okay, and the boat is about as big as my golf cart, so it's yeah. not like it's a big boat, sure. It's not a big boat, but uh yeah, <clears throat> that's gonna help in my uh Fishing endeavors over the summer. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that, and hopefully, it doesn't sink. It actually blows up with air, yeah. opposed to just like a normal boat that's made out of fiberglass or mm-hmm. or aluminum. But uh, yeah, I took it in and out of the water a couple weeks ago when it had some good weather, and it was funny. My wife says, you know, because I got out of the water while she was at work. And I called her like two hours later. goes, oh, that wasn't bad. I'm like, yeah, that's because you weren't doing it. It's always easier when somebody else does it. So, yeah. So now I can ride golf carts. I can ride boats. My buddy Sam Nicholas got me a hat. Got me two hats. Did I tell you this? No. Got me two hats. One says, Captain. And the other one is for Gina. It says first mate. Oh no! <laughs> so yeah, so we're uh, we're we're preparing for the off season, to say the least.
1: <laughs> I love it. Or the
2: training season, right?
1: There you go. And yeah. and the cool thing about that is you don't even have to have a trailer to pull it because you just deflate that puppy, throw it in the back, and let's yeah, go. <laughs> you don't. That's exactly
2: why I put that thing in my glove compartment. Basically, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's you know, it's like a dehydrated boat, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's pretty cool. It sets up in uh, thirty minutes or so, and yeah, um. We've taken it out once, and the motor is a five horse motor that runs on propane gas.
1: That's crazy,
2: opposed to regular, you know. Yeah. I, I want to say combustible gas, but obviously propane's combustible. Yes. But you know, it's yeah. I've never seen it like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a gift. So so I'll now the it. the
1: Tim the Toolman Taylor in me then has to ask the question: sure. Is this is this boat capable of handling a bigger engine?
2: Um. I'm gonna go with the hard maybe. <laughs> Gina just got really
1: nervous that I asked that because question. If we think about this, right. So we put
2: this five horse motor on it, which which weighs, I'm guessing, around fifty pounds. Okay. Just by me lifting it around. And then the big twenty five gallon propane tank yeah. that sits under the thing and then tackle boxes and anchors and you know Yeah. And people <laughs> you know. It's supposed to, oh, it's it's five people, I'm telling you right now if it had five people on it it would not be a boat it would not it would be under the water it'd be a submarine, submarine. that's right
1: so painted yellow
2: yeah yeah so um it uh so we try to keep it as light as possible so i think i'm going to stick with the five horse maybe i even have a trolling motor that i could put on it and just use that instead but gotcha. the battery for a trolling motor they're not light either yeah. so i don't know but it's a lot of fun got a chance to be on the water and uh, I just created more work for myself. I love it.
1: (laughs) Now, I know that you're on your drive to your next game. You are finishing Mm. up your basketball season. You're heading to your, your last tournament game of the year. You popped on the Uncommon Drive to listen. You're heading to an early season baseball game where it's way too cold. Mm. And you said, man, I want to listen to some great information that's going to help me prepare for my game today. Mm. And we're talking about inflatable boats.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you got to think about other things, too. You can't always be thinking about... uh, you got to have a... um, a secondary uh, train of thought, I guess. You know, <laughs> I, I, I often say it. Sometimes people that that all they when all they do is think about their main subject or their main topic, it can, you can get uh, pretty worn out pretty fast. So I sure. think it's good to have things to look forward to. And and I wish everyone could look forward to riding their boat or their golf cart when they're done with <laughs> their game. So just think about that. Is it's the bottom of the ninth and the temperature's dropping to just above freezing, and the wind's picked up to 30 miles an hour, and you go, oh, I just want to be done. And you say, listen, I got a golf cart I can go home to, and got covers around it with a heater on it. So, yeah,
1: That's great stuff. Well, you know, we uh, we are going to talk today about, uh, about some things that are not just potential to happen, mm-hmm. but things that have happened. I've had multiple conversations over the last few days, uh, specifically related to baseball. Hmm. And so I know some of our listeners that uh, that are, are baseball umpires that have hung with us through basketball season, their ears are perking up, oh, we're going to talk baseball? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a novel concept. <laughs> uh, some of our basketball people are like, oh, I don't have to listen now. Yeah. Well, I think the stuff we're going to talk about today really applies uh, not just to both sports, but I think it applies Uh, to life in general it definitely applies at work Mm. um and uh, in in other groups that you may be involved with but i want to set up a couple scenarios for you jeff and then i would love to to hear some of your thoughts about how maybe we walk through this in the best way and and definitely in a way that's uncommon i think Mm. i think we need to be uncommon the way we approach this stuff (laughs) so scenario number one uh, for those of us that are in baseball, we know there are some brand new things that have happened this year. There's new ways that we are enforcing action clocks. There's some, some different things uh, that for somebody like you uh, that's getting back into college baseball for the first time in a while won't be nearly as weird because mm-hmm. it's just, hey, this is the new way. This is the way we're doing it now, and yeah. this is the way i got to do it. Uh, for people that have been uh, actively doing it for a long time, it's like, oh, my gosh, another change. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way we do things is, 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 especially in a two umpire system, very, very different uh, because the base umpire has so much to do now. It's, mm. it's a lot to have to handle. And uh, so I'm, I'm having a conversation with one of my umpires uh, who's a phenomenal umpire, super conscientious, always wants to not only do his best, but to do things the right way. And he has a, a doubleheader with a couple teams at a site on a Saturday. Those two teams are playing at the same site on Friday. He doesn't have those games. These don't happen to be games that I assigned. Mm-hmm. Um, but he knows that some of the umpires that are there are, are folks that, that I've worked with and evaluated and that kind of thing. And so he reaches out to me. He goes, hey, you know, man, I'm not sure how this works, whatever. But, you know, the people yesterday did not enforce this thing the right way. You know, then I had to jump into my game today and and we were going to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, and he told me, this is what we did. This is how mm-hmm. we did it. This is how it worked, that kind of stuff. But it then brought up a conversation I had with a few other people um, kind of leading out of it as we were talking through how we would have handled it or what we would have done. And, and somebody said, well, you know, I just I don't ever like throwing another official under the bus. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, I want to walk through this if we could, Jeff, but the first question I want to ask is, is it ever okay for us to tell coaches, players, invested people in the event, mm-hmm. is it ever okay to say, I'm sorry, but that official was wrong?
2: Well, I would have a hard time saying it that way. Hmm. Yep. Um, but as I've you've heard me say in this podcast a hundred times, you can never go wrong with honesty. Mm-hmm. So honesty is always the best policy. But um, I think we have to very be very careful on how we word those those statements. Um, if that happened, like you're saying, then that would be incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more of that, that. I'm sorry that umpire was wrong or that official was wrong. So. If that happened that way, then that, that would be incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think we need to, because we all face it when we have rule changes and we, you know, whether the beginning of baseball season or the beginning of basketball season whatever season you're in, it takes a while for us to understand how to adjudicate that new rule, mm-hmm. let alone players and coaches understand how it's going to be adjudicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is, you know, that those first. Couple of weeks are going to be a learning curve for all involved, and I think we need to express that to coaches, mm-hmm. you know, or to uh, players. Yeah, we're still trying to process how this rule is supposed to be enforced. Also, and I remember this just in basketball when the restricted area came in play. Mm-hmm. You know, people a lot of people thought all contact within restricted area was was going to be illegal, and and you know those things kind of happen. So, and I, I would have to explain to coaches, I'd say, "Yep." I, I'm still trying to process how this rule works myself. Mm-hmm. So you may be right. I may did I may have missed that play. So that's that's where it needs to be handled. But the 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 important thing is we do our best night in and night out or afternoon and into afternoon to enforce those rules how the NCAA and NAIA have have asked us to do. That's mm-hmm. our responsibility. Um, if we get it wrong, I think it's our it's in our best interest to listen to people who are saying, that's not the way I understand the rule, and then spend more time to educate yourself on how that rule is supposed to be enforced. So that way the next time you go out, you can enforce it um, uh, better than you did last time.
1: Yeah. So let's just say that something obviously incorrect has taken place. Okay. Okay. Um, and to use an example like this, let's just say that um uh, batters have been allowed to call time which they're not allowed to do now except for special circumstances right um let's just say that um we've been you know going way past 20 seconds without enforcing that rule you know they've been going 30 35 seconds and nothing's been happening mm-hmm. you know they're taking 3 minutes between innings instead of the amount of time they're supposed to take just you know all those kinds of things it's something that's obviously wrong and Typically, if, if something is going to be that obviously wrong, it's not because an umpire is trying to get it wrong. More than likely, it's going to be because that umpire is either uninformed or misinformed. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it was supposed to be a, a really seasoned veteran and a newbie on that doubleheader that day. And all of a sudden, at the last minute, that seasoned veteran had something come up at home Mm-hmm. And the assigner scrambles, and the only other person available is somebody working their very first college doubleheader. Sure. Well, you get two people out there working their first college games. My guess is is that action clock is the least thing <laughs> on their plate of worries. Right, right, <laughs> right. They're just yeah. like, oh my god, can I survive? Yeah. You know. Um, and and we've all been there. Sure. We, we've all been at that spot, right? So you know, but it was it was obviously incorrect. Mm-hmm. You come back the next day, you got a new crew. And that crew has been made aware that that happened. Mm -hmm. Maybe the coaches haven't, but the crew has. Um, What are steps that they could take that you think would be appropriate that help set them up for success that day, rather than just the first time it happens, boom, we're calling it, and now we've got an argument with the coach because, well, that's not the way it happened yesterday.
2: Well, I think um, we have to ask questions. Mm-hmm. We have to ask questions to everyone involved in the day before. Okay. You know, maybe it's something along the lines of a hey, coach A. Um, how'd the whole action clock go for you yesterday? You know, how are you getting used to that? Mm-hmm. And he he might give you all the information you, that you may already know. Yeah. ooh, That doesn't sound like it's the right way. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I understand it to be this way and, you know, We'll do our best to enforce it that way today. Yeah. Um, so I think that helps. Mm-hmm. I think we can we can do that. We can also when I say ask questions, we need to ask questions to our partner. How do you understand this rule? This new rule? This new enforcement? And um, and maybe you know I think I think we need to find ways to give ourselves up in those situations. So if I was talking to a coach and they say, "Yeah, this is how they enforced it," man, I don't know if that's right. I'm sure I'm going to mess it up a few times a day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm probably going to mess that up, and hopefully we get her squared away by the time playoffs get here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think those are the things that, that I would probably do to help everyone find the common ground, mm-hmm. um, because it's not necessarily a cut dry thing, and it's it's not necessarily, to me anyway. Not necessarily something that's going to keep someone from winning or losing a game.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, we're we're just trying to speed this game up and we're, we're trying to do this as efficiently as possible without everyone feeling like they're overwhelmed by 20 seconds
1: yeah you <clears throat> know <Before, throat>
2: whatever the new rule is
1: sure so, I, I believe that there are there are very few times when this really is going to blow up on us but sure. but it does occasionally happen yeah right mm-hmm. um, uh, a lot of people in the college basketball world, saw the game that ended with six people on the court oh yeah rather than five right Mm -hmm, and hey mm -hmm. anytime we talk about something like this we are never bashing officials Mm -hmm. we are not criticizing them as people or anything Mm -hmm. like that and and we've actually had conversations off the mic where we've said man what a reminder that even the people that are the at the absolute top of their profession Mm You know, in, in high pressure moments in mm-hmm. big games, it's easy sometimes to forget the basic stuff that gets us there in the first place. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And so this is this is not a, a knock on that at all. But what's interesting is I had multiple officials and multiple coaches after that happened talking about it and remarking about it after that took place. Mm-hmm. I actually had a coach say to me, I wonder how many teams have tried to get away with that and yank somebody off to the point that that coach was almost wondering if some people might try to implement it. You know, what's the, the uh, old statement, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying kind of thing, you know, and and all, and not something that they were going to do, but Mm -hmm. you know, they just, they wondered, you know, and they said, you know what, we're, we're going to be more vigilant now. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm, one of my assistant coaches is going to be counting players mm-hmm. in a moment like that. And then they use that as the, the opportunity to ask, okay, if, if we see, if we see six players out there, are are we allowed to say something? Like what, what do we do? I had a game this last week where the table crew was very aware of what had happened. Mm-hmm. And the scorekeeper, as well as the person who was running the game clock, they asked me, they said, if, if that had been on our game and we had seen it, could we have hit the horn to stop it? Mm-hmm. Could we have said yeah. something? Could we have done something, mm-hmm. you know, to help keep this from being a problem? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I thought, man, what a phenomenal question, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there. My, my wheels are spinning in my head, like sure. trying to come up with what the right answer is, sure. you know? Sure. And but but in the moment, when when those things happen, we become heightened to them. Mm -hmm. and we begin to see them and sometimes it's going to require a response out of us Mm -hmm. you know a coach is going to ask he's going to say well did you see what happened in the texas oklahoma game yesterday and we're at you know juco one versus juco two i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm not sure these comparison is exactly (laughs) the same but okay let's let's talk about it Mm -hmm. you know let's let's do that how how can I have a a direct conversation about a specific situation where we all know the answer? Okay, so I'm not talking about, and Jeff has used this phrase in the past, and I'm sorry it's taken me a while to get here, but you've used the phrase, well, if it happened the way you say, you you just described it, Mm -hmm. it would be this, Mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of times coaches are looking for us to, quote throw someone under the bus. Sure, sure. Right? Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about a situation where it is obvious, mm-hmm. okay? W- there were six players on the floor. They allowed the player to bat flip the bat 30 feet in the air mm-hmm. and didn't address it. Mm-hmm. They, you know, whatever those things are, right? How do how do we communicate with a coach in those kinds of moments where it was obviously incorrect in the way it was handled?
2: So, Just to confirm, we'll just stay on on one thing. Sure. I had six players, and they, you know, and they didn't uh, they didn't issue a technical file. Mm-hmm. You know, is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, we again, if it, you know, the the answer is very honest, right? Mm-hmm. If we notice six people on the floor, then we need to penalize it. Yeah. Um, some would even say that it's the officials' fault that they started with six on the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is our responsibility to count, you know. Yep. So there, there is that is a responsibility of the of the officials, but doesn't mean that we're not going to have you know a mistake. Mm-hmm. We hate for it to happen. Then, yep. um, before I, I, I shoot, I'm I'm going to backstep. I'm going to because if anybody's listening to this podcast that knows those three officials mm-hmm. that allowed the six people on the floor and and, and missed it. I know this is going to sound weird, but I thank them for that. Mm. I thank them for letting me learn a Mm. lesson through their mistake. That's right. Um, You know, we had the situation with the wrong ball a few weeks ago. Yep. And everyone was so diligent on checking the, you know, the the ball. Yeah. Almost aware I was making jokes of it as I was checking it, 28.5, and I'd look at it and I'd show my partners and I'd show the scores table. And I would say, I don't want to go viral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, and that's just what happened. So now.
1: And, and we've said in the past, a good official learns from their mistakes. Yep. A mm-hmm. great official also learns from other
2: people's mistakes. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. And so now we have this six people on the floor. So we got a chance to learn from that. We, now we've, we're we talking about it because that is a, a mundane part of the game, mm-hmm. counting six players. We do it. So many times throughout the day, throughout one game mm-hmm. and throughout the whole season, and here we are at the at the pinnacle of our season. Yeah, it's the you know the end of the year. This is the you know probably one of the bigger games we're going to be on, and it becomes very mundane and we miss it because we become become very used to it. So,
1: and if that game had been the second game of the season, would not have blown up the way that it did. Right,
2: it, exactly. And if that game happens. In a twenty-point ball game, it would mm-hmm. not have blown up the way it did. Yep, it only showed up because it was in the end of the season and it was a tight ball game.
1: Yep, winner go home, yeah. tight game.
2: I, I've said it many, many times. We all. That, I bet. I've even said in the locker rooms after the situation happened. I said, I bet that. I bet that happens at least once a week. Mm. That situation happens at least once a week. The only difference is it was in a nothing game where no one paid attention to it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all there is to it. So, um, so yes, you have to you have to be honest. Yes, we need to penalize that. That is a technical foul. That needs to be addressed. Um, those all those things. And you know, yes, the score table can speak up. You know, all those things. Can it? Can a coach? You know, when should a coach speak up? Well, you, you're if you want if you're trying to get a penalty, you better not speak up until it goes live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, are those kind of things. These are all questions that you can answer because that's within the rules. They can look it up themselves or you can just tell them directly. Mm-hmm. But I would caution, if you tell them, you better know the stinking rule. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to say something to make yourself feel good and look good and then and, and this coach really, you know, and then you told them misinformation and now it really does happen and it's incorrect and you get an official that does know the rule – that puts you in a bad light. So sure I think you can say, listen, I'm pretty unfamiliar with this part of the rule. I'm going to have to look it up and get back to you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we both need to look it up and check it out.
1: Yeah. And so now I'm going to speak as a coordinator for just a minute. Okay. Let's say you are, you are an official that is aware of a situation like this happening. And let's, let's make it more personal. Let's say it happened on your game. Let's say, cause I think that one's easier. Okay. So you had a game and you you adjudicated something incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the reasons that we call our coordinators when that happens is not just so the coordinator can do damage control. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of times that's what we think is happening. Mm-hmm. Well, we're calling our coordinator so that coordinator can do damage control. You know, and now that co- that coach isn't going to be as mad and everything, and that's what we're t- we're trying to do that. No. Part of the reason why we're communicating with that coordinator is it now gives the coordinator the ability to say to that coach, to that coaching staff, to the, to the conference as a whole, to the other officials as a whole, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is the way we need to adjudicate this because what happens if that coordinator finds out that three different crews on three different games misapplied the same thing. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, this is obviously something we need to address. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason they need to address it is not just so the officials will do it correctly, but so now the coaches know what to expect. Mm -hmm. I had a pitcher in my league a few years ago who was using an illegal delivery. But it was one of those things that just looked funny enough that we we had umpires not calling it. Mm -hmm. right in fact we had more umpires not calling it than calling it Mm. and I had some coaches that were like like this can't be legal and they would send me the video and I said well in that situation I'm not saying that's the way they did it the whole game but in that situation that's an illegal delivery Mm -hmm. so guess what we did we sent out I I first talked with the coach of that player so the coach understood what was going on Mm -hmm. then I sent out a video clip to the entire conference coaches and umpires and said, Hey, this is an illegal delivery. Any delivery that is like this with these specifications, we need to be sure we are dealing with. So what did it do? It now empowered the next set of umpires to go do it the right way. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about getting on the crew that got it wrong. Sure. It was about empowering the next crew that went out Mm -hmm. in a situation like we talked about where one day we got it wrong. If, if, that coordinator had been aware of it that day that coordinator could have been the one calling the coaches saying hey guys <clears throat> i was i was reviewing some video i saw we we didn't handle that exactly the way we should have yesterday i want you to know i've already communicated with the crew mm-hmm. for tomorrow they're going to handle it the right way and i didn't want it to catch you guys off guard yeah you know boom now it's handled now it's not on the official mm-hmm. and sometimes we think that pointing stuff out or whatever is Throwing somebody under the bus mm. or, you know, whatever tattling, you know, whatever word you want to use. No, we we all want to get it right. Even the officials that got it wrong
2: mm-hmm.
1: want to get it right.
2: And ultimately, it's going to make it easier for whoever else shows up because, you know, now you can handle it in a non-game situation. Yep. Hey, this was, this was misapplied. Yep. So moving forward, you need to adjust this pitching delivery. Mm-hmm. So that way umpires don't have to deal with it I can we can deal with it on a Friday night instead of a Saturday morning during the game or Saturday afternoon so I think it's hard it's hard to give yourself up it's hard to to say hey listen I just misapplied a rule Mm -hmm. and but it happens to us all you know you just hope and pray that it doesn't happen in the conference semifinal yep in the in the ninth inning that's right that's That's exactly right (laughs)
1: You know, and so I, I think, again, communicate, communicate, communicate. We have said over and over and over on this podcast that one of the greatest things that we do as officials is communicate. Mm. It also can be one of the worst things that we do as officials right? is communicate. Um, and so I would then like to, to talk about this. I had a, another situation that a, a coach approached me and, and it brought up something I thought was very interesting. He said uh, there was a call that went in his favor, right? Now... The call was incorrect. The call went in his favor. He's like, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, uh, obviously wasn't going to argue the call mm-hmm. because it went in my favor. Mm-hmm. He said, believe it or not, the other coach didn't argue it either. Okay, whatever, right? You know, uh, and this was this is not a judgment call thing that we're talking about here. We're not like talking about a safe out or a ball strike. We're talking about a misapplication of a rule. Sure. Right? So a couple innings later, that coach is coming back from the third base box going over to the first base dugout, walking past the home plate umpire. Who's the one that had made the call and stop by as coaches tend to do from time to time and just, you know, say hi while the, the pitches are happening in between innings or whatever. And he just asked the question, he said, Hey, um, has there been a rule change with that this year? Or am I missing something about what happened? Cause in my understanding, you know, if if X happened, then Y should have happened. And uh, the umpire got pretty defensive. Mm. About, oh, no, 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 it was this, and it was that, you know, and, and all that kind of thing. And so the coach was smart enough just to shut it down and walk away, right? Mm-hmm. Now, remember, this is not the coach that was penalized, mm-hmm. okay? This was the coach who the call went in their favor mm-hmm. and was trying to get clarification, was really trying to get education Mm -hmm. so they would be better prepared moving forward and it brought up to me that and and i see it happening on the basketball court and the baseball diamond i see it both places why is it that so many of us when coaches ask us questions we immediately get defensive right like why is that our first reaction what's your thoughts jeff
2: well i think our first reaction is because a majority of the time, when coaches are interacting with us, they are arguing with us. Okay, that's why our first instinct is to do that is to be on the defensive side because we're just assuming they're trying to tell us we're wrong. Not all coaches, as you just explained mm-hmm. in this coach's scenario, is trying to educate themselves. Yeah, they're not always trying to do that. So, um, but that's our own fault mm. for doing that. You know, we just assume everyone's doing it. and it goes back to. The, we we need to listen to what people are asking us. Mm-hmm. You know, we are we are putting responses in before the questions asked. We're putting we're putting emotion in, you know, because it. This is just me as an outsider. I don't even know anything about any of these umpires or coaches, but I've seen it in action. A big portion of the time, when when umpires get defensive, when coaches ask mm-hmm. something. They're already doubting themselves. Mm. So I'm already doubting myself, and now a coach asked me about it. So now I'm, I'm getting pretty def- pretty defensive because I'm arguing with myself. Now I'm potentially arguing with a coach. Maybe my partner said I was wrong, so I'm got I got to be defensive. People, if you're listening, we are going to make mistakes. The quicker we embrace them the sooner we can get past them. Mm -hmm. The longer we hang on to these mistakes and the longer we hang on to what we know is not true, it does nothing but haunt us for hours and days sometimes Mm -hmm. and sometimes years. Because if you misapplied a rule in January 2019 and you haven't gotten it right yet and you're still misapplying at 23, it will haunt you forever. Mm -hmm. Accept it, learn from it, Get the proper ruling, and you can speak so much clearly about those things when you know exactly what you're talking about instead of potentially just being defensive because someone asked you a question.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And I think what you said at the beginning of that is really the key to it. Most of us listen to respond. Mm -hmm. And the reason we know that is because the moment Jeff starts saying something to me about lunch— I'm immediately thinking, okay, he's going to ask me where we, where I want to go. And so now instead of listening to the rest of what he's saying, mm-hmm. I'm trying to decide which place am I going to tell him that we're going to go eat lunch, where if I've been listening, what he was trying to tell me was he didn't want to go eat lunch today because he's going to go meet Gina for lunch, mm-hmm. and that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so now I've missed all the other communication that he was giving me yep. because I'm trying to formulate what my answer is, mm-hmm. right? Well, we have a coach come ask us a question. And one of two things often happens. Either, number one, we think we have ESP and we think we know what question he's going to ask before he even walks out. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I have seen officials do this so many times. A coach begins to walk towards him to answer a question and the official goes, oh, coach, 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 it was such and such.
2: All right, yeah, got him on the shoulder. That's right? What I was going to ask you. Yeah, and <laughs> right. it
1: was not the question that they were going to ask. And in yeah. fact, by giving that answer you now have, have made the situation worse. Mm-hmm. Because they are like, well, I know that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So now what kind of story are you trying to make up?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: So first thing is we, we do not have ESP. Okay? Yeah. Do not answer a question before it is asked. I even, and, and I know there, uh, I'm going to talk on the baseball side and I'm going to have people like frustrated with me when I say this. There are some things that we do to answer questions before they are asked. So if I say safe, he's off the base. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, is that, hey, I know you all saw that the ball got there before the runner did. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're going to come out and say, you know, no, no, no. The reason he's out is because he's off the base. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not talking about things like that. There are some people, and and this one can be borderline. There are some people that will say, ball, that's outside. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Not a huge fan of that. I occasionally use it in like certain circumstances, whatever, mm-hmm. right? But I prefer just saying ball. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, the worst thing you want to do is say ball, that's high. <laughs> because from the dugout, they can see up and down a whole mm-hmm. lot better than they can see in and out. So if you're gonna pick one, say inside, outside, not up that's down, right? right you right. know?
2: Umpire 101 there. That's right.
1: right. But well, why are we why are we doing that? Well, we want them to know where it was. Well, guess where it was? It wasn't in strike zone.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> That's what we got to know. It mm-hmm. wasn't in strike zone, <laughs> right? If it's a borderline, that catcher's going to turn around. Did you have that inside or did you have it down? I had it just down. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. I thought he, I thought he had the knee. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. But when, when we, when we go and we begin to answer questions before they're even asked, all we do is set ourselves up for a second set of arguments mm-hmm. because it may not be the discussion they even initially wanted to have mm-hmm. and now you look defensive from the moment that that the interaction starts mm-hmm. so i i just think that's a bad look but then the the next piece of this with all of it is is that if i am looking and and i start to respond before i have fully heard if I am listening to respond, then what I don't do is I don't understand. You know, there's listening to respond and there's listening to understand. Mm -hmm. Sometimes all a coach wants is to be understood. Mm -hmm. That's it. They don't want you to change your mind. They know you're not gonna change your mind. That's right, that's right. Right? Mm -hmm. They just want to be understood. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that is the greatest gift we could give a coach or player is letting them feel like they've been understood. Mm -hmm. There was a foul player got the other day. It was, it was a, I call them hustle fouls, right? Two girls going for a loose ball. One of them clearly displaces the other while they're attempting to go after this ball. It's a foul, Mm -hmm. you know, it it just is. Mm And she looked up at me. And she turned. around. And she goes, "I was just going for the ball." Mm-hmm. I said, "I agree." Yeah. I said, you know, that's one of those weird circumstances where your incredible hustle on the play just led to a foul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of a sudden it was like this little light bulb went off for her. Said, oh my gosh, he noticed I was hustling. Mm-hmm. That's all I was doing. Like I, I just wanted to go do that, you know. And yeah. It did suck. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and it was and and so what she. Would she have loved to have not had the foul? Sure. Mm -hmm. Right? You know? But what she really wanted was to feel like she hadn't done something wrong. Well, like, she didn't intentionally do something wrong. right? She Mm -hmm. didn't go shove the person out of the way. Mm -hmm. It just, because of how it happened, it was a foul. Yeah. Now they feel understood. You know, when a coach feels frustrated because it's seven fouls to none, right? What's the first thing we always want to say? Coach, I know what the fouls are. Mm-hmm. Or coach, now I'm not talking about somebody that's chirping at it from foul one, mm-hmm. right? But there's one that just really communicates, man, I just I feel like the fouls are so lopsided mm-hmm. today. I hear you, coach. I do. I, I I feel like it's two really different styles of defense right now. And, you know, the way you guys are popping those threes is awesome. And it just they're they're not getting to you to foul you. Mm-hmm. You know, what whatever it is, now sure. they feel like they've at least been heard and that we're seeing what's taking place out there on the on the field or the court
2: well you know just just last week um i had a a, a foul where it was an offensive foul push off not like a you know like a block charge situation yeah. it was a push off forearm push off and i called the offensive foul and as i'm reporting i'm turning around, going back to my my next position which would be down the floor somewhere one of her teammates says to he goes you know there was there was two hands on prior to that Mm-hmm. All right, that, that's a good point. I, I need to look for that for you, and that's it. It's done. Mm-hmm. They know I'm not changing it. Yep. They know it's not gonna, you know, but they at least want to be understood that th- they potentially could have been a file before that. You yeah. know, they're not arguing that it wasn't offensive file. So, and that's something we just need to understand. Sometimes, what we do shake our head, going, "Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yep, you might be right. You have a valid point. All those things, right? You've made your point. You know, all yep. those a- responses, whatever they are. Can, can work to your favor at under in making a player or a coach feel understood. And when they feel understood, they will respect you uh, more than just being 100% call accuracy.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if there is one little tidbit out of today's uh, podcast that I would say can filter into every single aspect of mm-hmm. your life, this is it. If we will work harder to listen to understand mm-hmm. than listening to respond we're going to find ourselves so much further down the field every single time.
2: Well, and I would agree 100% and my question to you or I know how I'm thinking about this mm-hmm. is how do we get better at that? Mm. How do we get better at, you know, listening to understand opposed to respond? For me I I can recognize when people are not when I'm speaking to someone, I I can recognize when they they just can't wait to respond. They're not trying to understand what I'm saying. They're just can't wait to respond. And I can recognize when people are doing that to me. So if I can recognize that, then maybe I can help self-diagnose when I'm not doing it myself. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it goes along with practicing everything. We need to sure. practice everything and then so and it helps for me when I can discuss it with others. Did you notice how Person A responded to my my question or my comments before I even got really done with them. It's almost like they were trying to predict what I was going to ask them. Did you notice that? So help us all be educated in that scenario. And I've, you know, I've said it before, we need to practice good communication daily with people in not just on the basketball floor or in the locker rooms. It needs to be practiced at home, in the living room, mm-hmm. in the kitchen, with company, all those things. And, you know, I just I just had a, a visit with friends a couple days ago. And, I mean, I was, like, practicing it. I was, like, putting some things out there. I would just, like, say just a simple sentence or two and just let them go. Mm-hmm. Because people will just regurgitate all kinds of information. Maybe they shouldn't be letting out. Maybe they should be. But they'll give you anything. You know, mm-hmm. if you just let them do it. And you can be educated on people. That are around you and how they think and how they how they respond and I think that is to our advantage to become a better communicator when it comes down to the nine innings on the ball field or the forty minutes on the, on the court.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think for, for me, one of the ways that's helped me become most aware of it is uh, I'm at that transition point with my kids now. <laughs> yeah. To where my kids are, they're no longer kids. Legally, they're adults, you know, uh, my wife, Megan, she likes to say they're adult-ish mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, In that, I mean, you know, my son will turn 20 uh, next week, mm-hmm. uh, kind of fun. Uh, my daughter's 21. They're phenomenal young people. I am so blessed. My, my kids are really great. But what's interesting is I'll notice with them that I'll ask questions and there are times that they'll get they'll get super defensive Mm -hmm. so like for instance i might call my son up and say hey do you got your homework done today Mm -hmm. okay well the reason i'm asking the question is because if he's got his homework done and he doesn't have to you know do anything whatever there's a, a basketball game i was thinking about going to go watch that night and wanted to see if he wanted to come with but If his homework wasn't done, the last thing I wanted to do was tempt him, Mm -hmm. you know, to then take him away or maybe then he rushes through it and doesn't do as good a job as he wants to do or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he can hear that question and go, oh my gosh, dad's checking up on me because he doesn't think I have my homework done. And now he responds in frustration or aggravation or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? You know, when instead of listening for, for understanding, all he has to do Oh, well, why do you want to know? Right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, hey, I'm in the middle of it, but what's up? Mm-hmm. Instead of, well, I'm doing it, Dad. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think we do that, I think we do it at work. You know, I, right. I think people say, Hey, how how are you coming with those reports? Mm-hmm. I'll get to them. <laughs>
2: yeah, leave me
1: alone. Right? Quit you know, me, right? Well, the moment maybe the reason they were asking is because they wanted to help.
2: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. But the moment you throw up a wall like that, oh, I ain't helping them. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, we need to listen for understanding.
2: The question I like to ask is, "What's on your agenda today?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What's your plans for today? You know, what else was going on with Chad Ozy after we leave the podcast? What you gonna do? I'm just trying to, you know, feel out. Do you know? Are you even? Are you available for lunch or, you know, do you want to, you know, go to a basketball game, you know, those those kind of things. So we cuz the 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 common way to communicate is, hey, do you want to go to a basketball game tonight? Mhm. The uncommon way is, what's uh what's your plans for us today? Yeah. You know, what's uh, you know, those kind of things. So and if we learn from those those kinds of conversations, we will be much better come pressure time oh my goodness yes and it's you know tie ball game and you've got six players on the floor and five on the other team and you know yeah. all those things so we're able to think a little bit clearer
1: well and the, part of the reason why it's so important for us to think clearly in those moments is because when we get to these huge pressure moments the other side of the conversation 99 percent of the time is not going to be calm right mm-hmm right i mean I have been watching some video this last week of of some games. And I specifically have been, I'm, I'm an ESPN plus junkie, right? Mm, okay. Yeah. So I go through and I watch all the tournament games, all the stuff. But if I don't have time to watch the whole thing, what I'll do is I'll go to the last three minutes of the game.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, sure.
1: Because in the last three minutes of the game, we see a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you were to zoom in on a coach's face and turn the audio off while they were calling a timeout in the last three minutes of most of these games, it would look like they were giving the command to execute the person standing in front of them. (laughs) I mean, they look angry. They're stupid bit fly it yeah. out of their mouth yeah. there's i mean they just i mean they sweat look, in their own Oh, pits. dude yeah, yeah like right. it's it's rough dude yeah. yeah well they're not mad at the official mm-hmm. they're not they're just Trying to get the time out. And mm-hmm. they are so overtaken with all these other things. The emotion because their player just didn't do something right. Or you know they fell behind another two points. Or this mm-hmm. or that or whatever. It's not directed at us. Mm-hmm. But it is part of their communication to us. Because of the state that they're in. Yep. So mm-hmm. if my default when somebody communicates at me like that. Is to respond. I'm going to turn around and whack them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Or I'm at least going to turn around and warn them. Now all of a sudden I'm... I am increasing the amount of anxiety on the court or the field sure. rather than bringing it down. Yep. Right. But if I listen to understand, Oh, all they want to time out. Mm-hmm. They're mega stressed right now. Mm-hmm. Their team's going off the rails. Mm-hmm. They need a timeout. Yep. Boop. Timeout. White.
2: Yep. How about this? If we're going to stay in basketball mode for a sec, you know, we, in our last minute of our game, we have option to advance, timeout option to advance.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When we have a timeout option to advance, and I've seen this happen a million times, a million, a lot of times, someone yeah. calls a timeout, the official goes over there, and they're like, "Fuller 30, Fuller or 30? You know what I mean? Yeah. 30. Do you want to advance? Which side? You know, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. When I go over there, hey, uh, what are you feeling like today? 30 or full? hmm 30 what are you thinking opposite or you know table side yeah I'm gonna go table side that is way better than oh my gosh, than, than yes. matching their anxiety and their their you know for lack of better terms lack of composure yep. during that moment when you can give them that and you're you can communicate very effectively mm-hmm. and you don't have to you know like I said you know what are you feeling like 30 or fall what do you feel like a simple phrase like that, opposed to thirty or full, mm-hmm. it it can help go miles. Yes. with that stuff. So um, that's where we have we have an opportunity to be uncommon. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, there's you know there's there's great commu- there's good communication, great communication, and then there's genius communication, mm-hmm. and that's our chance to be genius.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, whether you are finishing up this basketball season or you are launching into the spring baseball season that is ahead of you and beyond, uh, I hope that you are choosing to be uncommon in the way that you communicate. You know, all these things that we've been talking about today really boil down to communication. Mm -hmm. You know, when we got the issues with the coach about something happened before, it's about how we communicate with our partners to make sure it doesn't happen with us, how we communicate with our coordinators so that other people can be aware, how we communicate with those coaches and players in that environment, in that moment. And it really does set us up for success or failure, Mm. depending on how we handle it. Sure. You know, in these moments where things elevate, and maybe not even elevated. like I said, that, that coach that asked that initial question, you know, just just wanted to educate themselves, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I would love to say here at the end. I think sometimes we as officials don't give coaches enough credit. Yeah, we almost mm-hmm. always see them as the adversary, mm-hmm.
2: they right? Don't know what they're doing.
1: That's right. right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know how many times you know, you know we make the comment we go out there. Hey, let's be the best team on the court. Well, what have we what have we just done by saying that? We've said we're going to beat the other two teams. Yeah, right, right. Right. Okay, well, that's kind of adversarial, right? You know? And if we do that, it's two on one. (laughs) It's tough to win two on one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, the odds are against you.
1: That's right. But if instead of looking at coaches as adversaries, you know, what if we looked at them as people? Mm hmm. I know that seems a little weird Mm because some of them don't seem very people like while they're out there. So they take
2: on this different form and I get that animal like, yeah,
1: but, but I really do feel like if, if we would begin to listen to understand them Mm. and respond as people get, give them respect, even if they don't deserve it, Mm -hmm. give them respect, even if they're not offering it back, Yep. you know, be uncommon in the way that we communicate and give them the benefit of the doubt. They're asking the question. Oh, they're trying to catch me. Well, maybe maybe they just want to know. Yeah, right. Right? And if I don't know, then the right answer is, I don't
2: know. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That simple. Uh, I hope this is helpful to everybody out there. We love the opportunity to share with you. Uh, if there are things that we could be sharing and talking about that would be beneficial to you as you walk through your season, please shoot us those suggestions at uncommon drive Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon Podcasts, wherever you happen to listen to us. We know that the vast majority of you listen through Apple Podcasts, and so that's why we typically talk about that one. We hope you have a phenomenal wrap up to your basketball season, launch into your baseball season. Mm-hmm. Uncommon as you go, guys. See y'all. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating.